Hello, folks. Uh, he's John. I'm Jeffrey. This is a special episode of the Busting Balls podcast uh, in which you can uh, hit us up on Twitter at BustingBallsPod. Email us, BustingBallsPod at gmail.com. Uh, if you're listening to this, it's either on our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash, uh, excuse me, busting-balls, or the PWOM podcast network, soundcloud.com slash pro wrestling only. And you can find us on Spotify, search Busting Balls Podcast. Um, John, how are you today? Well, a- apart from, you know, our teams being absolute shit along with 10 others, I'm not bad. Yeah. Um, this has been a hell of a week. And in fact, there was a hell of, of, a, of a 48 hours that John and I went through. And we're, we're just going to say that there, there has been other news in the sport, but when something overtakes Jose Mourinho being sacked at Spurs, which he was <laughs> this past Monday, um, you, you know, you know, it's huge. Yeah. Well, as he pointed out, Jose Mourinho is the only Super League manager ever to be sacked. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Uh, also, uh, Major League Soccer started this past weekend, uh, just for reference of, uh, of where we are right now. And, yeah, it, okay, we, we, we can delve into that at another time. But yeah. uh, in, in case you hadn't heard... Which it, it, the likelihood is very slim that you hadn't heard this on Sunday morning, at least my time, as yes, Arsenal please. were in the in the midst of a uh, uh, of a of a whack ass one one draw at home with Fulham, who were you know fighting relegation. Uh the existence of the Super League was announced. Uh with uh. 12 teams starting, including six Premier League sides. Uh, John, do you want to go ahead and list down the the the, the 12 teams that were it's what, The 12 this? teams, sure, we have. And they appear to be the ringleaders here. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid, Inter Milano, AC Milan, Juventus, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal... And the European Giants, who last won a European trophy, oh, 37 years ago, Spurs. Yeah. Um, now, clearly, it, it, the, the, the effect was immediate in the sense of suddenly this, this 1-1 draw that Arsenal was having suddenly meant absolutely nothing. Yep. <laughs> like, we, we were, I think football... The entire world of football was just absolutely stunned. Yeah. <laughs> George might might drop and walk up. What the hell it was that? And it, it, it became I, it, pretty much all hell broke loose immediately afterward. Um, yeah. Now, before we get much further, I am going to say that um, if you listen to the last episode... We talked about the the new format, Champions League, that's supposed to be coming. Um, we may be repeating some points from that today. Yeah, yeah, and it, it should be noted here that I, I it was um, LK, uh, you know, Gundogan, um, came out and said, "Yeah, no, uh, no one consulted us on this, but no one's consulted us on the Super League propose on the Champions League reforms either." 
why when is anyone thinking how many games are these guys being asked to play yeah well I, I, this is all going to be part of a broader topic yeah, that we're going to be delving absolutely delving into um so just so you know this this is not a regular episode of the show this is not going to be a pod blast either because this is not going to be pod blast length by any stretch. Uh, John, John and I got some, we got, we got some things to work out, you know, <laughs> today, <laughs> basically. Absolutely. Um, so essentially right from jump, we're, we're already hearing that UEFA is looking into immediately tossing out everybody who's still in the European competitions from this group out of the, those competitions. We're hearing that the domestic leagues may be kicking teams out if they choose to participate in, in the Super League. And we're hearing that FIFA may ban players from international sides. Yeah. And oh boy, was there yep. an oh boy, was there an un, un, unintentional seismic consequence of that because suddenly it, it, it took a few hours before somebody piped in and said, excuse me, what about the women's players? Because I know yeah. if at least <laughs> I, I know at least one nation that would be uh, a little salty if uh, suddenly a lot of their women's players were ineligible to play on, on the U S women's national team. Oh yeah. And uh, you know who else would be salty? The likes of Nike, Reebok, uh, Adidas, because those are endorsement deals in that one. Yeah, so um, you, you're you're going to discover a a running theme through all this, which was nobody really thought thought this through. No, <laughs> nobody thought it through. Nobody consulted it. <laughs> yeah, it just well, yeah. So time goes on. You know, all hell is breaking loose. Um. I will say that the immediate response was almost universally negative. Like universally. Yeah. The, uh, the only positive responses I saw to it, and it, it's going to say nationalistic. I don't want it to be nationalistic because this is, I think this is where part of the discussion, which I'm going to come to, which is the crux of the matter. You saw a few U S sports fans going, Nothing wrong with it. You get the big guys playing each other every week. That's what people want to see, isn't it? Right. Okay. I also saw a lot of what seemed to be spam bots. Yeah. In favor I, but, of this, you know, too. I, I, I was talking a few fans, and I was talking Alexi Lalas. <laughs> but, you know. Right. Well, gets... you know what? <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're all pretty... I think on this show, I think it's been pretty well settled that we all think that Alexi Lalas can, uh, can suck it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are universal in that. <laughs> what a kiss ass. He he is. Oh, like, yeah. it, what, what, what a useless toad Alexi Lawless is. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but long story short, uh Alexi Lawless, you suck. Um but <laughs> you know, I, I you know, the, and this is going to come to the to the greater analysis. Right now we just want to get the facts out here. Um so within 24 hours after that, UEFA ratifies its own Champions League plan that we discussed last episode. Yeah, which and, I think is all And, you know, all hell continued to break loose, including a, a fan protest at uh, a fan protest at, uh, at Elland Road 
uh, where Leeds versus Liverpool was due to kick off. Uh, and Leeds, I think you'll find also the Leeds team had T-shirts as well. Yes. It wasn't just the band, it was a the team there. Yes. And rightly so. You're right. And, you know, I, I understand Klopp's point of view for saying why he chose not to wear those shirts because they gave them to him, um, apparently. But also, um, Jurgen Klopp gave some comments, which really, I think, is when it all started to unravel. Because and it when he said it, it was basically mimicking what both Mikel Arteta and Thomas Tuchel had said. Which was, yeah. uh, we know nothing about this. Nobody said shit to us. Yes, and and as but you had quotes from I think it was from a couple of years ago from Klopp saying he did not want that European Super League for, for obvious reasons, and he backed that up yet again. He never wanted it. Yeah. So so it became apparent in that first twenty four hours. It became apparent that the owners had just done this. Yes, there was Without... no conversation with the playing staff, the managers, the people who were going to be asked about it. Right, and, and that is some cowardly horseshit. I mean, J- John Henry, Stan Kroenke, Joel Glazer, all of them left their managers and their players out to dry to act as you know human shields yeah. for their oh, horseshit. Oh. And not not just the not just the every sing you know Roman did it um, uh, heel at uh, Atletico Perez until he gave that interview what's it later in the week yeah all of it was just let the managers let the players take the ship and that was absolutely disgraceful that was yeah cowardly is is a good word. Oh, it was beyond cowardly. It was, it was su- such privileged horseshit. Yeah. You know, yeah. L- l- you know we'll, we'll make decisions. We'll let these guys take the heat. Fuck you. Just fuck yeah. you, you know? Yeah, and if you're, if you're the owners, yeah, you might be in it for the money. You have a duty to your employees. And that duty does not go, we drop you in the shit. Yeah, well, again, this is this is going to be part of a larger topic that we talk about too, oh, yeah. a, a, as time goes on. But right now, again, we're just going to be, you know, get, getting the story to where it is. Um, so, so within the first twenty four hours, some cracks were already starting to to, to show. And um, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. It all came to a head when uh, in the run up to Chelsea versus Brighton. Yes. In that uh, Chelsea fans had basically parked themselves on Fulham Road and uh, basically almost didn't let the team buses then. <laughs> and one of them had a banner that said, Money cannot buy you fans. I was just like, <laughs> Ooh, well, that. <laughs> well, that, 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 that. There's your usual lack of self-awareness on the part of some football fans, because, uh, buddy, let me tell you a story about the story. Uh, let me tell you a story about how uh, Chelsea got to be where it is today. Yeah, how their lives got flipped and upside down. <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah. We, we, so, it, in the aftermath of that, suddenly it was announced that Chelsea were going to be the first team to withdraw from 
the Super League. Yeah, followed quickly by Man City. Yeah, in which I I would like to say at this point, in no way is it acceptable that Roman Abramovich gets to be a hero of this story. No, it's... Because he signed on to it, first of all, and second of all, it's his business tactics that led to this to begin with, which we'll get into in much, much greater detail here in a little bit. Yep. Yep, and it's the same as well. UEFA is supposed to be looking heroes here, and I'm going, really? Oh, no, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Let's stop that right now. In no way, shape, or form are FIFA or UEFA or even the Premier League or any of the other, you know, various FAs and leagues, in no way are they heroes in this either. No, not in the slightest. It's not looking at consequences. But again, we'll come to it. Yeah. Um, So with that, the, the... the dominoes started tumbling. Um, eventually, it got to the point where Atletico de Madrid pulled out. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, all six Premier League teams pulled out. Yeah. Now, I should note, I, I, I should note, because it, 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 in the chronology here, um, Arsenal were not the first to withdraw. Uh, they were actually close to the last Premier League side to officially withdraw. They were, however, the first club to actually issue an apology. Well, you say apology, it's a <laughs> bit of a mealy-mouthed one, wasn't it? Uh, you know what? It was the only way. It, you know what? It was still the, they were still the first one to do anything, show any sort of contrition. Which, again, yeah, <laughs> mealy-mouthed though it was. I, I don't know. There was... When when did John Henry's interview go up? That was that was the morning after, wasn't it? Was it was the morning after. Yeah, the, that was a personal apology. Which yeah, well done, fair play. Yeah, fair play. Um, so w- with this, a- as of right now, only three clubs remain in in the Super League. One of which was supposed to have been officially withdrawn by today. I haven't seen if that happened yet. But as of right now, the only clubs remaining would be the two architects of this, namely Real Madrid with Florentino Perez, uh, Juventus with its architect of of this, Andrea Agnelli, and Barcelona, which Barcelona was supposed to have been withdrawn by today. Yeah, but I think they they used the excuse of, uh, we're going to put it to the socios, didn't they? Yeah, they said they were going to put it to, to, to a fan group, which, you know, okay, which maybe they should have done beforehand. Yeah. 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 I, and, I, I, yeah. Juve's statement about it all was, oh, dear God. Yeah. yeah. I, well, you know, okay, so so let, let's start breaking a lot of this down. Uh, first of all, we, we talked last episode a lot about Andrea Agnelli. In fact, he was the cover star of last episode. So, oh, yes. Okay, so can, can we talk the utter duplicity of this of this man where we can he, he was one of the prime architects of trying to get this new champions league format through while he was also plotting to break away yeah <laughs> and, and just so and yeah and oh go ahead john no no i'll, I'll just say uh, you got him. He was a power in the uh, in the European Clubs Association, and he resigned. Uh huh. And 
the big upshot from this is that <laughs> all of a sudden the powers in European football in in the key posts are guys from PSG and Karl-Heinz Rummeniger from Bayern. Yes, and that's something we should point out too, is that three clubs were initially invited to join and declined. Mm. And those and those yeah. three clubs were Paris Saint-Germain, Bayern Munich, and Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, and the one thing I'll say about Rummenigge, he has in the past advocated for a Super League, so no fucking way is he a hero. Again, we're going to come to this. Football, behind the scenes, has no heroes. No, not, none at all. And so the biggest... Co- okay, so what are the concepts? Okay, so let's just... Uh... Let me end my point about Andre Agnelli is that, yeah. you know, the, the president of UEFA, Alexander Seferin. Yes. Is Andre Agnelli's daughter's godfather. <laughs> what kind of person, he, he basically stabbed, you know, extended family in the back. For this He's... Super League. Yeah. This is this is super villainy levels, you know. <laughs> Nicely put. I mean that 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 is super villainy level. Yeah, like, like this, is, this, this is some this is some Lex Luthor shit, you know. <laughs> There's your casting for the next Superman film, then. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Okay, so okay, so let's try to get some sort of structure to what we're talking about here. Why? First of all, why the controversy? Well, the biggest controversy about the Super League was that it was going to be invite only, and with with fifteen founders who could never be relegated. Yeah, and here here's the thing about it because a lot of people are using the the acronym ESL, European Super League. The Super League was always just labeled the Super League. There is no way they were not looking to go global with this. There is no way they are not looking to play some games, say New York, Beijing, Tokyo, um, you know, Johannesburg or something maybe, where they can get fans in. Seoul, you know, all all these places. This was going to be a global show. I'm pretty sure on that. Well, yeah, and it was, that's, and, and, Realistically, that's who this was meant to appeal to was the global market. Yes, that's yeah. exactly where it is. And uh, see, see if you can follow along. It, it, you know, it, we're, we're going to have like the, the the big reveal towards the end of the show uh, of what the ultimate culprit of all this is, and see if you can piece together the clues that we drop. <laughs> there are a lot. <laughs> if you can piece together yeah. the clues that we drop here, but. Okay, so this was one of the biggest bones of contention about this because there was no promotion relegation. This, to me, was the main issue. See, I can, I can see you can make a case for, eventually, the Champions League, as it stands, being replaced by a kind of European Super League. But you cannot... In, in, you know, and, and in the American model of sport, which I, I believe I mentioned last time, and I'm going back to it again, you get the big clubs playing each other regularly. You know, you're talking the NFC East is deliberately set up, so you've got all the historic rivals there playing each other. 
no matter how bad they are, you can always sell that game. You yeah. can always sell Barcelona, Madrid. You know, it's it's tougher to say, a, a say that the uh, league position stays here. Well, you know, Leicester versus you know Leicester or West Ham. You can't sell that quite as well. Okay, but and okay, go ahead. To, yeah. No, go yeah. ahead. And yeah, and and this is what. A, a European league in itself is not particularly necessarily a bad idea, but you cannot have it without merit because the European model of sports has that promotion relegation. It has that risk built in. You have a risk to your money, whereas, you know, America, you do not have a risk to the money at all. It, it's going to come in one way or the other. Yeah. And actually, I want, we, I'm going to bring that up later, too, uh, as part of a bigger point, yeah, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, um, yeah. So maybe the uh, the idea itself isn't bad, but it's you cannot have just that select band of clubs going. It's our ball. We're going home. Here. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So he, here's the thing: is that people it, there? There are certain fans. I mean, it's undeniable. There are certain fans who just want to see the big teams play each other. It, it's it's undeniable. I, I will. I will ask you this. What makes the Classico a Classico? It's the history of it, isn't it? It's, it, it's it, the it, down the years. It's it, Catalonia against Franco. Right. And, but also, but also the fact that it usually only happens twice a year or, or twice a season, I should say. Oh, God. Yeah. Do you remember um, that, that decade back, Mourinho versus Guardiola, where they had... Um, they had a cup meeting. They had a league meeting. They had the Champions League semis yeah. inside friggin' two weeks. Ah, oh, jeez, no. That was yeah. Is that really what people want constantly? Is the same people playing each other all the time? Not me, frankly. But, but but that that but that's the argument being being put forth. What if you make if you make in El Clasico, if you make, you know, the North London Derby, if you make the Manchester Derby a a constant, I mean, yeah, we already know it's already twice a year, but it's like, you know, in the NFL, you know that, say, the Pittsburgh Steelers are always, always going to be facing the Ravens, the Browns, and the Bengals twice a year. Yeah. That, well, that's, that's six games out of your season. You yeah. know? Yep. And, and you're going to be playing other teams, and it's going to be more. It's going to be interesting, just because you can see what's what's going on elsewhere in the league. But it's, it does come along, yeah. Right, but I mean that, that that's the point is that it the classico loses its its mystique if it if it's a if it's a constant event. Yes. Yeah. If it, if you're just doing it time after, I'm. I, I look at you know, I was looking at Arsenal going to the Super League. I'm going, what is in this for Arsenal? Because right now, I look at the teams that are in that league and I'm going, who are the whipping boys going to be? Do you really want it? Do you really just want to go in for a good two, three, however many years? You are going to be just trying to, you're going to be the minnows. Uh, I'll tell you what's, I'll I'll tell you what's in it for them. Guaranteed, (laughs) guaranteed money and guaranteed being in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because okay. because three out of the because three out of the six Premier League clubs 
that joined this league were not making Champions League? Well, theoretically, four. Because, because you know, you've got West Ham and Leicester there. The only the only two two sides of the European who are making definitely making European competition this year, United and City. Okay, yeah, okay, and fair enough. Yeah, that, that that's a fair point. And yeah, and the other one you've got it, uh, again. You go to Italy. How long is it since since Milan were in the Champions League? A long time. Very long time, yeah. And yeah, coming back this year. And, 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 Inter yeah. were in it this year, and they fucking sucked in the oh, Champions yeah. League. Yeah, so, you know, what's the guarantee it's going to be any better? It, you know, club, club if, if something is that teams are still going to be, they're still going to be cautious against, yeah, big, big clubs play each other. They know what the other sides can do. So, you know, they research in depth. They, they counter it to the nth degree where possible. Right. So they, these games do not, as a rule, tend to be the best games of the season. So what's the guarantee? It, it's not going to be the best football that you're going to see. It's not going to be. And, and a lot of it, you've removed, some, you've removed jeopardy from it without replacing it with any sort of meaningful stake on the games. You know, it, it's, yeah, okay, there's going to be one league winner and everyone else doesn't matter. You, you know, if someone runs away with it, your ratings are probably going through the floor and the, and whoever's your broadcast sponsor are quite worried. Yeah, and, and with that, you know, that that's where we, you know, we get into it is that, you know, what, what, what's in it, what was in, you know, what, why were Arsenal and Spurs invited to this when, let's face it, they're not exactly giants. You know, they're not exactly winners right now. And yeah, it, well, it comes down to a worldwide fan base, for one, and two, because they're desperate for the the, the TV money and, and, and the European spots. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're talking more successful clubs since Spurs last won the European trophy, you know, let's soak European Cup with all, let's go say... Palmer, Stoya Bucharest, Caravanas Vesda, you know, Red Star Belgrade, Porto, you know, <laughs> who are relatively big, I know, but, uh, you know, all these, t- Mechelen of Belgium have won something since they, since Spurs last won anything. Yeah, I mean, let, let's face it, the only reason what, what made them super was their owners. The the stadium, yes. It's, it's yeah, I mean, Credit to Daniel Levy for you know leveraging that bail transfer into uh, into probably the most sustained yeah, sustained successful period Spurs have had since well probably Nicholson. So you know <laughs> credit credit on that one, but you still didn't win anything. You you know what made the Champions League final yes, but it did nothing when you got there. Yeah. So, so it's, yeah. Well, you know, and again, you know, as we mentioned, two, three, possibly four out of the the Premier League teams invited were never going to make the Champions League this year. Definitely. Well, so yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah. So it, it was desperation for losing the Europe money, is what this comes down to. It, it, in a time when the pandemic has ravaged finances. Yeah, and again, as I say with my. And I'm going to hate to say, Jeff, you're a man. I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to know the answer to it. When was the last time Arsenal were in the Champions League? 
Uh, the last time they were in the Champions League, it was uh, uh, a year before Arsene Wenger left. Ex yeah, exactly. What are we talking? 2017, I think it is, something like that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Somewhere around. So, you know, you're talking four, four seasons, going to be five. We haven't had a St. Totteringham's Day in a while, either. No, exactly that. So... You know, what's the, you know, there's a lot of clubs who are afraid of falling off the gravy train here, I think. Um, and again, it, it's part of a bigger issue. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I think fundamentally, the analysis of all this, and I'll, we'll come back to it towards the end, the analysis of all this, of certain clubs going, we need money to compete with other things because UEFA aren't enforcing their rules because this because you know um, certain clubs can drive cart horses and carriages through your loopholes. That analysis is right, but again, the uh, the answer is entirely right. It, it, okay. oh, a lot. This boils down to a lot of clubs wanted to take the law into their own hands. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, and, and also something that worth keeping in mind is that four, four out of the Premier League, four out of the six Premier League sides have American ownership. Yes, and, 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 also, and, and five of them with foreign ownership, if you count Chelsea. Yeah, and also is it Milan are American owned as well? Yes, they are by 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 a vulture fund at that. Yes, by by, by vulture capitalists. Who apparently have a very bad record of strip mining its European assets. Oof. So you know that, that something else worth keeping in mind. And and uh, don't Atletico Madrid have uh, some other ownership now too? Um, it, it's it's still um, Jesus Heels' son is in charge of off the top of my head. I can't remember okay. the ownership. But I mean, the, the point of the matter is, is that it seems like at least, especially where the Premier League is concerned, it was the ownership, you know, these American owners, some of whom have been involved with their clubs for decade, for, you know, over a decade now. I mean, the Glazers came in in 2005. Kroenke, I think, first started coming in in 2006, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, that, you know. Fenway Sports came in for Liverpool. What year what, did they come in to Liverpool? Uh, that would be tw 2010. Okay, so more recent than I thought. I thought it was like tw 20, 2008, but I, I could, no, I could be was, wrong. Uh, Hicks and Gillette. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Okay, okay. Yes, okay. Anyway, the, the point is that these American owners have been – in the league for over a decade and yet still don't seem to understand how English football works. No, not And especially, I'm, I'm... especially in the Cronkies case, we, where I, I, I have noted before, and this has come up again, and I'll get into greater detail here momentarily, but the Cronkies especially, they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit about any, uh, any of their teams. They barely gave a shit when... When the uh, when the, when the Rams made the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, yeah, it's, they are 
assets. It's purely assets to them. It's, you know, success makes a bit more money, so fine. Keep enough money into the, coming into the club to keep it going. Um, the Glazers quite infamously um, funded their purchase of United with debt and still have that weighing down the club. Um, Something else we're going to get into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I and I, I, I'm going to be honest here. Generally, FSG, uh, Family Sports, John Henry et al. have been very, very good owners for Liverpool because they they've made the club run actually on a business like basis with people who know what the fuck they're doing. Which, it, as we are finding out this week, is almost unique in football. Right. Yeah. So I. I I have to ask you this. Now, yeah. I, this seems like, you know, to, to, to use a term, this seems like a real heel turn by by John Henry and, and FSG. Yeah, uh, they, they, have, um, they have made missteps before. Um, there was with the ticket prices um, when they were going to furlough staff um, during the pandemic. But they have rode back on the they are very very quick to row back when they have made errors or they have um you know or or they've gone they've gone wrong and they've made a misstep well, i seem to remember i seem to remember a dunkin donuts pr- promo gone awry as well oh, i i forgot i've forgotten that one i've got to admit but i'll have a look at that up when we're done oh uh, you you don't remember this one then no no I, i'll need to explain they so Dunkin' Donuts did a promo like I think they had come in as a as a partner for for Liverpool, and yeah. they had tweeted out a graphic that looked like the Liverpool badge, only except the flames, the eternal flames oh, were oh, cups oh, of coffee. Oh, ooh. oh you, no, you, no. you really don't remember this? They did. They they. Oh, there's no way they ran that past the club because that would have gone in a heart. That should have gone in a heartbeat. Well, I think it was on. It, it went out on Twitter because I saw it, and all hell was breaking loose. <laughs> I, I I must have been having a rare day off social media that day. Oh my lord. Oh yeah. Okay. So again, an American company. Yes. Yeah, that one wasn't run past the right people there because, <laughs> oh dear lord, no. Oh yeah. Well, sorry, sorry to bring your day down with that one, but uh... <laughs> no, no, not at all. It's it. Yeah, there's a there's a certain degree in FSG. They move first and think later to a certain on certain decisions, and yeah, it's prone to backfire then. Right, but again, th- th- this particularly seemed like an actual, you know, again to use the f- the phrase "heel turn" by FSG. Yeah, absolutely. They they hadn't done anything as major as it, and this is the one. This is the one thing, or one of the things that really pisses me off about it. You've got a lot of fans who, quite rightly, after this, don't want the owners near the club. We can come to that in a in a while, but you know, it's like. Who else are you going to get? Are they going to be anywhere? Any, you know, are they going to be as morally clean as FSG are to a certain degree? Um, but you've had for got for a decade, you've had uh, a lot of fans who have had FSG out campaigns who go, we 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 should be a big club. We should just be spending 
you know, like City and Chelsea and PSG, rather than, you know, sell to buy. We can't do that sort of thing, dude. You are not right on that. <laughs> you know, we, we got leverage, leverage that Coutinho transfer into, you know, into Virgil van Dijk and Alisson to put us over the top. Right. We are a we are actually a very well run club. We you know we, it's it, this isn't football manager. It's you know it's not FIFA. We can't just go out and pluck you know say the next Leo Messi off the shelf. We can't just go. How much do you want for Neymar? How much do you want for Kylian Mbappe? How much do you want for Erling Haaland? It doesn't work like that for clubs like us. We have to think before we make that commitment. Whereas you know. City and PSG, it's as long as we can fit this in and under the loose definition you may forgive us of, of financial fair play, it's fine. We can make that work. No, um, FSG have given that that sort of brand of fan who are frankly deluded or, and have been deluded on that ammo. And, you know, and there are a lot more um, fans on their side now. Anyway, I, I've talked to my, you know, my, my best friend from way back in school, who is a big United fan, and he is of exactly the opinion on, you know, on this. It's you, you nearly alienated millions of fans on that who have had these clubs as part of their lives for decades. Yeah, and, I, and, hang on. Yeah, oh, hang on. And the worst thing that they were called legacy fans, and you know they'll bugger off. <laughs> no, we bloody won't. Yeah, that that and that's something we need to discuss too. Is that you know as part of the, this ownership, it was just the utter contempt that all clubs, all the clubs had seemed to have for its supporters and its fan base. Yeah, and the last person you want when you, if you're going to be trying to soothe tr- soothe the troubled waters here, is Florentino freaking Perez. Oh boy. But yeah, you know, as I said, legacy fans. Oh yeah, younger fans aren't coming to the game quite as much. Have a look at how much it costs to follow the game. How little TV in the UK as well is on free to air TV. It's because people are priced out of the game. It's nothing to do with, and he put it, you know, oh, we might have to shorten games to, you know, whatever it is, 80 minutes, because younger people don't have the attention span. Dude, these guys, are, these are the guys who whose asses are on the seats for the Marvel movies, who, which, you know, coming up three hours. Yeah. They can concentrate. It's, yeah, it, it's, you know... Yeah, it, 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 it was yeah. Again, it, it was just utter contempt and for, for his fan bases. And this was shown yesterday, as we record this, um, when when Arsenal held a supporters forum with oh, the ownership. And oh yeah. my God, this this was brilliant. When you know what, what you know, basically, Arsenal fans basically said, "Get the fuck out of here!" You know when. When you know the um, the Cronkies literally said, "Well, we thought you wanted you know Arsenal versus Barcelona, and instead you want your two your your wet Tuesday nights in Stoke." 
no, you're you're not getting that man. <laughs> if if you earn the right to play Barcelona every season, and you know as he used to do, happy days. Right. Oh, good. Yeah, and it's it, a meritocracy. Right. And what the other thing? Um, what's it you said? Oh yeah, I had a great trip out to Baku, except for the ninety minutes. Go and talk to the fans who had hell to get over to you know into Asia. <laughs> Who had how hideous flights? How, how about talk to one of your players who was barred from playing in the fucking game? Yeah. Yeah, lest we forget that. Well, you know what? I think that's what made him become an ex-player because... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. No, and, and, and frankly, that was, you know, a whole other level of corruption involved with that, but we won't get into that now. But, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just the, the the tone deafness and and the fans responded in kind by saying, uh, "Yeah, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Get the fuck out of our club. You 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 say you violated our trust. We never trusted you, and this is why. You know." Yeah, and and again, you look at this. <sighs> Who's it? The say Barcelona talking about the socials, as I saw pointed out. The Barcelona fans are obsessive and heavily involved with that club, and they know where you live. You know, they, they, that, you know. Yeah, literally, they know where you live. Yeah, you're, you're talking, you know, you, in common, you know, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea. Well, I'll, I'll forgive Chelsea because whatever we say about Roman and, you know, a bit of sports washing, he does turn up for the games. He goes to youth games. He, he is committed to that club. But a lot of those owners, they are they are not close to the club at all. They, you know, they they are an ocean away or a continent away. You cannot be, you know, you can't have your eyes and ears on the ground like that. Yeah, well, so I mean, fact- it, it's always been obvious that the Cronkies never gave a fuck. Oh, and, and this just proves. I mean, this just settles it. And again, the 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 conduct of every single one of the owners. Do not even consult their managers and players. Yeah. So, and, hey, by the way, this is coming down the pike. You may get asked about this. Yeah. And and not only does that put their backs against you, know, you know, the first thing you know, Jordan Henderson does, he calls a meeting of the you know, the um, the Premier League captains to just absolutely clown the owners on it. You know, you're talking players and managers going against their own owners. How, how often is it? Even Pep was against that. And yeah, how, Pep, know, he, Pep Guardiola speaking out against this. Good Lord. You yeah. you know you fucked up. Yeah, and, and, and total credit for it. You know, I, I'm, I can't fault that. You know, I can understand someone like Tuchel not saying anything because, you know, or Arteta, their positions aren't quite as secure as Pep and Klopp's are. Yeah, right. They, but... Yeah, but but and actually, by the way, I misspoke when I said that it, it was only three teams had American owners. I, I, I fucked that up. So sorry about that. But but there was only one English owner in in that in that group of six. Still, regardless. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, where can we? So yeah, and, and it was you know, and Pep's point was that is that if there's no consequences for losing. Then it's not sports. Yeah, I, 
again, th- this was the weird thing about the Liverpool game on Monday night for me. It's like you're watching and you're going, what does it matter? Because at that point, you're going, there's, there's no stake to the game because the top four wouldn't matter at that point. Right. I mean, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I mean, I mean that's what, how I felt about the, the, the Fulham game. That's kind of yeah. how I feel about the Everton game coming up. Uh, you know, as we record, uh, in, in about an hour, Arsenal kickoff against Everton. I don't even know if I'm going to get to watch it because we're going to be, we may be talking here. <laughs> but, well, um, you know, if you want the entertaining options, stick around. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, honestly, also, does it matter? Do I care? I don't, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know if, if, if I care and if it matters at this point. Obviously, I'm not mad at Arteta, and I'm not mad at the players. No, not in the slightest. But, I mean, the the entity that owns the club, and, and owns the clubs, plural, everybody involved. So, yeah, and... so uh, how did we get here? Well, I'll tell you how we got here. The, the, the roots lay in Sir Alex Ferguson... And the way he went about transfers, which which led to which which begat Roman Abramovich coming into Chelsea, and then and then paying three times what players were actually worth. Yeah, and um, yes, it, it's you can you can go back in football though, and any any of these success, well, just about any of these clubs that we're talking about, particularly ones in the league here. At some point, there is, you go back into the history, and, you know, I'm not accepting Liverpool from this. There is a big cash injection in there. You know, right. Liverpool had the pools in the 60s. Um, Arsenal had Danny Fishman's loan in, in the 90s. And, um, you know, you, you can go back to, I say, the, the, the alleged buying of their way into the first division back before the war. Um, Man United, there was a guy called John Henry Davis back early on in the... In in the twentieth century, when you know United or Newton Heath, whatever they were back then, were were virtually bankrupt. It was the equivalent of a Bramwich money back then, and then they, obviously they're floating on the stock exchange in um, the early nineties. Uh, you go obviously Franco with Madrid, right? <laughs> so how about with... how about how about this? How about the formation of the Premier League itself and the whole Premier League model that has been mimicked all over the world now? Yes, this this is it, it. This is the big modern kick for it. This is where the 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 actual chasing of money became, frankly, quite naked on that. You know, they they wanted to break away a Premier League, and that it's got promotion relegation was only to with people digging their heels in. That Premier League deal, um, the sky's money. You, you know, that only came back because I I'm. Well, I'll tiptoe around it legally, obviously, but a certain then chairman of a Premier League club at, playing at White Hart Lane um, tipped off Sky as to what the BBC and ITV were bidding for it. So it was the, the bidding rights were backdoor dealing even then. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Uh, no, uh, no I, I would, I'd love to... I'll have to find out where I read, where I read that, but it's in several sources. But yeah, and yeah, and and then as you say, 
it, it's where football becomes dangerous. There, there was a certain um, stupid Alex Bergson who say, um, or even if you want, look at the way Juve did when they bought Buffon for um, a world record fee for a keeper beyond stupid money. They, yeah. You know, yeah. And Madrid and Barca uh, competing for the glamour signs. You know, M- Madrid going, we want Louis Figo, so we're just going to pay the release clause. Yeah. And, but, but for these old clubs, that's fine because they're doing it, isn't it? It's because they're on top. But yeah. then you get the newcomers coming in. You get, as you say, Roman coming in there. You get uh, PSG uh, coming in. It was after City. You, you know, that, that, uh, that, you know, City and PSG was another escalation. Those clubs are the Super League is, is essentially an attempt to almost to rein in City um, and certainly City and PSG, maybe Chelsea as well, if you want to say, you know, the billions behind them. They want, uh, they want to make sure they are not consistently out-competed for their money for, you know, for the, for the biggest players. For, you, know, we, you, you know that the only game in, town, in, in terms of interest, in terms of the big transfer summit, is Erling Haaland. Yeah, they they want to be able to compete to have them in because they it's their that's ego at stake there as well. You know, for Madrid and Barca, Madrid and Barca have nearly bankrupted themselves trying to keep up with uh, Chelsea and PSG. Well, yeah, I mean, and that, and that's a thing. I mean, Barcelona is like what over a billion euros in debt. Yeah, Barcelona had to go and ask their payers to take pay cuts. It's just what. And how much have you been paying Leo Messi for? How long? Yes, right. he is the greatest player around, and no questions on it. But yeah, right, oh, and, and, and then yeah. you know, at the same time, you know, and um, you know, when when Pop Guardiola made a comment a, a week or so ago, or you know, actually it was around the time of our last episode where he said we we can't afford to buy a striker. What? Yeah. What? Oh, God. <laughs> What you know, was that, what that Perez thing? Yeah, is it per- Perez was saying about the rich suffering because we can't we can't help the poor guys out by buying their players from them. <laughs> Just like fuck yeah. you, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, again, you know, you know, we're we're not a right wing podcast here by any means. By in fact. By no stretch of anyone's imagination. You know, it, you know I, I saw a quote the, on Twitter the other day. It was from uh, Kim McCauley um, at LGBTQFC on Twitter. And yeah. she's made a comment to the effect that, you know, somebody was complaining about how, well, you know, we can't afford the Hollands and, and, and the Mbappes, you know, w- you know, uh, you know, w- with their wages, you know, without the Super League, to which she retorted, uh, they were available for a very modest fee back when you spent, you know, 46 million euros on Vinicius Jr. <laughs> yeah, that's more like it. I mean, you know, by the way, we, we keep seeding the clues as to what the real cause of this disaster is. Have you guessed it yet, listeners? Stay tuned and find <laughs> out. Uh, is it going to involve the word trickle bank here at all? <laughs> <laughs> um by the way i just want to side note for two seconds there is of course as we record this there is a massive protest outside the emirates 
against the Cronkies, um, starting with, uh, you know, in in the run-up to today's game. So Yeah, that going away, is it? No, and I hope, you know what, I hope it never does. I hope it Partic- doesn't until they fucking leave. Particularly since we're coming out of lockdown now. You might have you might have gotten away with certain things when we you know, when everyone had stay indoors now. Not so much. Well how about you know how about yeah, well they thought they could get away with laying off fifty five workers while they're backdoor negotiating the super league thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and Messet also is offering to pay Gunnosaurus his wages. Yeah. Yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. But you know what? You know what? The these six clubs are not exempt. They're not the only ones with bad ownership. What let, let's look at the ownerships of other clubs too. Like, you know, West Ham with the Dildo Brothers or <laughs> Newcastle or my, with Mike Ashley or you know, like even elsewhere. How about the the Oystens at at oh, Black- uh, at, at Blackpool? At, at what point did did the whole um what is it? Fit and proper definition of ownership. When did that go away? Oh God, it, it it's never been particularly there. Um, and you get, I mean, you, you can go back to the notorious stuff like you know Bob Lord. Uh, gosh, way back when I think it was Burnley, if I remember right, in the fifties and sixties. Football owners have never been particularly morally good. And well, I, I, I mean, like, how, how did Ken? How was Ken Bates allowed to run Chelsea and Leeds? You know, oh Jesus, Ken Bates, who let's not let's not forget, advocated electric fences for fans. Yeah, I mean, so <sighs> I have half a suspicion here. You have a look at um, a clubs who, fair enough, they rightly condemned what was going on. I have no argument with that. I'm just saying. Part of it, most of the thing, that they were not invited. That's what's puts a lot of a lot of backs up at that level. Yeah. As well. Well, again, yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the, there are a lot of shitty owners out there. It's just you know the, these six are at the forefront now, and Absolutely. you know I, I I really think that you know they, your Roman Abramoviches, your Joel Glazers, your your your. Uh, who owns City? Shake <laughs> uh, Mansour. Shake Mansour. Thank you. I couldn't remember. And, and and you know the Cronkies. They never should have been allowed in to begin with. None of them. None of Money, them. Hell of a passport, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, it even goes. You know, like how is a snake like like Andrea Agnelli going to hold on to his position at, at Juventus now? Well, it's a family thing, isn't it? That that's been yeah. in the Agnelli family for decades. Well, I mean, uh, Berlusconi finally relented with uh, with AC Milan, didn't he? He did. He did. But uh, God, oh, Silvio Berlusconi, you could. Uh, I, I'm still looking forward to the biopic on that. But I, you know, that there is a problem at the whole heart of the sport. That, that predicated this because that you know their their claim is that UEFA is not treating them quote unquote fairly you know for mm-hmm. for being the the money generators which okay I can see that there's an argument about that in the NCAA about 
paying the players because they're the ones who actually do all the fucking work. And, you know, college football and college basketball are both billion-dollar industries. Yeah, and, you know, you're talking... I'd suspect there is obviously there are obviously backdoor ways to make money on this, um, as long as you don't get found out. It, it you know the the right. Hip-hop. right, but 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 the point is is that you know at some okay sure the interest is there for Real Madrid for Barcelona for you know whoever United Liverpool yeah Juve, the, yeah, the yeah. interest is there yes, but that they are not the sport. They are not the sport, is the thing. Damn straight. And I don't. You know, no matter how much you you want to say that they are, they're the only people that they're the only teams that anybody cares about. No bullshit. That's bullshit. Look look at all the attention Marine FC had when they were making their FA Cup run not too long ago. Hell yeah! This is it. football clubs in. In England, in you know, in England, there's always been, or even Scotland, there have been. How do you sustain so many clubs? You know, it's because, to a large degree, they are something communal. They are, you know, they make the town come together. Liverpool has a huge committed local fan base, and it plays that a lot. It, it's one of the th- you know the, the the ridicule that got chucked at United was always that they you know, they have plastic fans who came up from London. Everyone makes that jibe. They have you know it, it's football in, in modern terms. It's it's kind of it's got that push and pull between your local fans, and that's what as I say virtually everyone in in, in local area <laughs> supports against the globalization of the game. It's like which fans do you go? Do you do you, the local fans, but the money's with the global fans. How do you balance that? And this was not the way to balance it. No, not at all. And okay, and again, let, let's not for a second think that UEFA or FIFA or any of the the FAs and, and leagues are are the good guys here. No, because in- because. Because it, it was in large part because of of them, um, it was sorry about that. It was in large part because you know they let this run away, yeah, for 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 the sake of chasing 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 the buck, chasing the pound, chasing the euro. Yeah, and that this is endemic. You know, it's say like these these are. You know, FIFA are part of the problem because they are part of the uh, people in UEFA are part of the ones that gave the World Cup to Qatar when that was, ob- for all sorts of reasons, obviously a terrible idea above the other bids that were there. Yeah, well, let's let, let's hang on to that to the end of the show. Absolutely, because yeah. I, I I have a point to make about that too. But yeah, okay, but, but with but yeah, you know, so far it, it seems like. There's a common theme here, and I, I, I'm going to credit this. I was listening to uh, the Counterattack show for a little bit on, uh, it was either Monday, I think it was Monday before all the clubs started departing, uh, on Sirius XM FC, uh, on Sirius XM. And th- these were two American pundits who were talking about this. Mm-hmm. And, and one of them at, at some point says, do, do you not think that at some point the fans 
we're culpable for this because of our insatiable craving to see the big teams play in, in the big matches. It's like they, they made all these other points, and all I could hear was, and here's the secret answer, everybody. Um, the secret answer is it's capitalism. Hey. It, it, capitalism is what's to blame here. Uh, uh, unrelenting... Um, unrelenting, naked capitalism. Come completely. It's the it's the question of the power, how powerful the rich are in football, and how the old money doesn't like new money. Yeah, I mean that's a lot of it, and you know it, it, it's it. it it really is. Capitalism is the reason why we're, why this happened. Yeah, and, all, and, it. It, all, all the building blocks. It just gradually, little by little, it led to this. It and let's not beat around the It's the brute, shitty form of capitalism that we've had in other industries. It's, it's, it's the type of simplistic capitalism that goes. This is what people like. So it goes, oh, they like Real Madrid Barca, they like Man United Liverpool, they like the North London Derby. So let's give them as much of that as possible without understanding that's going to burn out. Yeah. And then, you know, oh, and then we have to come up with a new revenue stream and, you know, the, and, and the cycle continues. Now, ironically, now here's a point, though. As it, it was pointed out to me yesterday by somebody, which is ironically... The English, you know, the the football structure as it is now is possibly the most capitalist there is because you have promotion and relegation and teams can fail and teams yeah. can succeed. It's, yeah. you know, I, ironically, in, in the broadest definition of capitalism, whereas yeah. the, 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 in American sports, you you, you go 0-16 in your NFL season, guess what? You get the number one draft pick. For some reason, even though that's it, it's in a more capitalist society, but they have socialism. So you, you have socialism for the very top, you know, it, it, and that's how it is. Capitalism for the socialism for me, you know. When, yeah. when, you, when you hit a certain tax bracket, you know. Capitalism for the poor, socialism for the rich. It's always the way it's worked, and yeah, and and there is a certain meritocracy, as you say, because if you use your money badly. You go, you go down. Yeah. <laughs> it, it Naturally, yeah. But when I say capitalism, I think we all know what we mean. Because <laughs> this was, because the idea that uh, 15 teams can stay in Europe and never fall out of it is not capitalism. Or, uh, no. No, and, and as, I'm, as I'm going back... It's, no, it's, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I made that mistake. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not socialism, because... Yeah. I, I, I flipped my term. Sorry. Um, no, it's a it's a preservation of it, it's what. Well, it's not capitalism either, because capitalism is supposed to be the market. Yes. Uh, or, or the form we 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 use it. it. Yeah, it's supposed to be to a certain extent, and we know it's not. Especially there's supposed to be a meritocracy to it, you know, and that isn't here in the slide. It, it's well, the, it's, the, the, there's not really a meritocracy to money to 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 modern capitalism anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, let's face it. it, it yeah, let's face it, it, it. It's time as a, as a workable system is over. <laughs> I think we could all say that. It's long since gone. Yeah. Um, um but the the point is <laughs> that th this is what's gotten to this is what's gotten us here is just the 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 sheer insatiable need greed, greed and need greed. for more money to squeeze every penny you can out of something. Yeah, and again, this is where the UEFA thing comes in, because FFP was supposed to provide some kind of reasonably level playing field, and you know, to preserve clubs in their own interest against going out of business. And UEFA have been remarkably lax in in, a, in the biggest case with City. You know, City getting off. It, it might not have killed FFP, but it damaged it horribly. And City who employed the guys who wrote the rules so they found all the loopholes they could, you know, they, they were looking for a way to enter from the start. And that's fundamentally a re another big reason we're not there is that UEFA are incapable of enforcing their own rules. Right. So, you know, as I said, UEFA have a role. They're moralizing over this, I know. But, you know, they they can't you you can't say you're going to do something about it and then just either fuck it up so horribly badly that you know that one big lawyer can just get get city off or or you, you they want a, some kind of level playing field and UEFA were incapable of providing that and this is. It's going to upset the money, like I say, Real Madrid. Here we go. It, it's yeah, you know, you, Jeff. You know the trickle down economics theory, yeah? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do. Yeah, the trickle down economics theory, which which essentially means if the if the rich get richer, if they piss on the rest of us, we'll get as wet as they are with money. Doesn't work. <laughs> we just get pissed on. Um, you know, that's what he come it comes up with. With we can help the lesser clubs out by buying their players from them. Yeah, it's the yeah. Well, yeah, and it's you know again the the the, the you know a acting as if football is some sort of noblesse oblige. Yeah, from, that's from the exactly very rich, it. you know. Yeah, and Real Madrid have acted like that, particularly this century, because they've had that obsession with the European Cup. You know, they have to have that trophy above everything else. Yeah, which you know leads me to another point, which is I I actually heard from someone I won't give this person's name out, uh, someone I know who's a Real Madrid fan who had said uh, they they were not, they, they were more interested in the Super League than playing in La Liga because they're they're tired of facing the likes of Hetafe and Cadiz and Real Valladolid, uh, to which I say, I, I don't think you're a football fan then. I, th I think you're a fan of trophies, not... Yes. Not, just, not, not sports. <laughs> It's it's the glamour, in the oldest sense of the of the phrase glamour. You know, it's that mystique of, yeah. You know, whatever. You're watching eleven guys play eleven, and you know, there most of the time Real Madrid might you know beat Getafe six or seven out of ten, but you know, the appeal of football is the other three when they don't. That's what we. That's the interest. That's your stakes. That's like every. I'm, I'm, that's like every sports story that we we were fed as kids. Yeah, you know <laughs> it, it, the, the stories you remembered were the you know, with the end of 
hell, <laughs> you know, Liverpool this century, you take away, you know, the league last year. What was the biggest thing with Liverpool this century? Istanbul, when, when you know, you're 3-0 down to probably the continent's best side at the time, and you come back from 3-0 down in a hopeless situation, and you win it. It's, you know, it's, it's that that victory to me was because, you know, we, we played, you know, Juve, we played <laughs> Chelsea, we played Milan, and I just never expected to win that in any particular round on that. Hell, you know, <laughs> We we were scrapping scraping past Olympiacos. You know, that was our level at that point. Yeah. But the underdog thing, you know, it's oh god, you know, <laughs> going Super Bowl three, um, Namath guaranteeing victory. That's one of the big foundational myths there on American football's based on. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah, the the whole any given Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's sold on. You have to believe. The other side will have some kind of chance. You know, the better side will win, will win more often than not. But circumstances, but can say they won't, might not. I don't. I don't want to see you know Barcelona and Real Madrid every week. I don't want to see them go. Oh, they're skipping from the Bernabeu to Old Trafford <laughs> to, to back to the Camp Nou and. Oh. Yeah, it's no. Yeah, again, it's just in, in, it's just insatiable capitalism, and the modern fun... capitalism that was behind all this. And it's a, it's either a willful misunderstanding of sport completely, or an absolute failure to understand sport at all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, rich... yeah. If there's no, yeah, perhaps the. There's no, con- you know, it's not fun if there's no consequences for losing. It's not sports, I mean. But, you know, it's also not much fun if there's a guaranteed winner every year. You no, know? No, I, I, you know, <laughs> one, one of the early traumatic sporting experiences for me was, was at 1989. You know, at, the, at Anfield. It's, you had, you'd had Hillsborough, and that was beyond horrific. And you're thinking, that, you know, that, that, that is beyond sport. And, beyond anything yeah but you know they, they when they came back you think they there was a double on to honor the, you know honor the people and you're thinking what a story that would be and you know obviously it's all up for grabs now mm-hmm. yeah See, well. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you some joy here <laughs> <laughs> remember when arsenal were good hey. that, that, you know as a, as a sports fan you know when, when you know, it, as a teenager, that early teenager, that's that's when sport can mean everything to you, and you know that that traumatized me for ages. You know, <laughs> whenever I did something <laughs> shitty, my dad threatened me with getting that video out, that match, and replaying oh, it. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can you believe how well behaved I was for <laughs> at least two years? <laughs> but you know, it, you know it. it and really, this this really shouldn't just be a circle of you know tradition versus the new idea. Well, you know what? New ideas aren't always good ones. Is the is no. the problem? No ideas don't always work. And the thing is, as Carlton, if he'd been asked about this, he would have told them it's a stupid bloody idea. If they had consulted anyone beyond the ownerships. They would have found out what a damn stupid idea all this was. Yeah. Now, 
uh, I, I want to get to, okay, so there's two more points I want to hit on this because we're, we're already over an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that coming. <laughs> so what happens next? It's a good question. Because I, um, I, I have some ideas of what I, I, I think need to happen, but I want to hear what you have to say about that. What happens next? To the clubs or to, to football in general? Or Yes. Well, the problem you have with the clubs is that these clubs need some kind of consequence. And, you know, I saw something yesterday, oh, they, they'll be living with the shame. Like, yeah. Well, if they shame had any shame, they wouldn't have done this to begin with. <laughs> yeah. Shame, shame is such a powerful deterrent in politics. Is you know, with... As Big Donnie and Boris have found out. Yeah, right. Oh, whatever. Um, you need some... Detect- you, you need some form of punishment for them. But equally, you do have to acknowledge they are part of the infrastructure of the game. And they do bring in that that some a, a certain degree of the money, particularly in um, the global markets. So the question is, how do you punish? How do you punish them? I, I mean, the only thing I could think of is the next season in European competition, you redistribute the prize money with everyone else when they play, and they do not get that prize money. Well, but, I, I, I definitely think that there needs to be some sort of sanction from yeah. either from domestically from leagues domestic and and from UEFA. Um, I, I, but also, yeah. there needs to be a reform on how clubs are owned. Yeah, and again, there is this in the UK. Um, far be it from me to praise Boris Johnson's government because, frankly, they're a bunch of fucking shit. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and, and again, he, he is somebody else I do not want anybody to see as a hero in all this. Not in the slightest. He's just in it for cheap votes. Let's not disillusion ourselves here. There is a kind of, re- there is at least a review announced into the ownership of clubs and particularly in the issue of fan ownership. And, you know, I, I, I am a big admirer of the way the Germans have their club set up on that front. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, the 50 plus one. Go ahead, explain that 50, real quick. So, essentially, however, how, you know, a club cannot be owned by, you know, a club can't be majority owned by anyone. So, you know, the, there is a fan ownership of, Fifty percent of the of the of the share in the club plus one. So the fans who you know who essentially this is what the club is for. This is where the club all the clubs have a heart at. They have the final say on the game on what happens to their club, which is a big reason why Bayern did not go in on this. Let's not be um, beat around the bush on this. Right. So yeah. So. The fans essentially have the say on what go, what ultimate say on what goes on at the club. They, you know, you can't just have say a, a teams someone coming in and going. I want to. You, you can't have the Cronkies coming in and going. Or the Glazers as they did it as well, coming in and going essentially coming up with what were hostile takeovers. Right, and it keeps things quite healthy that way. Yeah, there there is that, and also, you know, I I, I should point out too that uh, I I know that the Scottish leagues 
made a condemnation of the Super League, but let's face it, nobody was going to invite them anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, hang on. Yeah, here's one. Did you see that there was a proposal this week for a, uh, towards the end of the week, for a British Super League, and they phrased it with a Super League in there as well? I, I did is- see. I, I, I did see that. And, you know, again, I, I um, you know, you know, Keep in mind that the sun is, you know, 55% full of shit on its, uh... <laughs> Only 50 No. <laughs> higher! Higher! <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, uh... Yeah, it's... Like, Jesus. It's... Yeah. And there needs to be a review of, of club ownership. There also needs to be a review of how much money is being spent period and you know, i i know we've been bashing how american sports do things this whole time but there's something to be said for a salary cap the only trouble is how do you enforce a salary cap on a global game because the the big advantage the u.s sports have is their closed systems well, that, that now that much is true that much is true i think there definitely needs to be if not a salary cap then definitely a transfer cap, because the tr- because the transfer market is fucking ridiculous at this point. Yeah, and look how look how big the the world record transfer figures have gotten over the past two decades. Yeah, you know, you, you're up over three times now. You're up to two hundred plus million. That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. And, you t- and that's without taking the players' wages into account as well. Yeah. Think of how big those total packages are. It, oh. Yeah. It, it, essentially, I the, the issue, I, I have no faith in Madrid or PSG or United or whoever, whoever however they get their money. Again, it, it's providing it to be a meritocracy. It's, it's providing... Yeah, I, I can't say that clubs will come up and be suddenly consistently successful if, if given the chance, but they could be, and that's what I'll keep. You know, Leicester were, you know, you're talking five, five just over five years ago, they were nothing on, a, you know, they they were borderline relegation candidates. No one thought anything of them. You know, they put that team together, win the league, all of a sudden, they're competitive at the top level of English football. And that sh- they they should be able to dream after that of being able to go further if they run themselves well, provide a level playing field for them. Yeah, you know, I, I know Madrid, Barca, etc. Their names alone will attract players, but really, why why should these clubs always be big? You know, why? <laughs> yeah, well, a- a- again, and that's the problem with the modern capitalism is that you know. You know, we, we can run roughshod, but if we're going broke, we can always ask the government for money. You know, oh, well, you know. Well, literally, wasn't it? With, the, with we're Real too big to fail. When yeah, Real Madrid sold their training ground to the government, and the government went, "Oh yeah, yeah, we'll we'll build, we'll." Was it? I think it was Madrid City Council. Actually, I might be being unfair. We will give you, uh, yeah, we'll give you a new training ground for plus a huge chunk of cash to clear all your debts for that city centre property. Yeah. It's just like, 
Jesus. No. So, again, there needs to be a real reform in how the money and how money is coming into football and how it's being spent. Yeah, because at the moment, it's it is it is from from an outside space. It's a wild west thing. And, you know, it's a, the, the agents fees. Yes, it's fine if they're making the money, negotiating a good salary for players. But, you know, it's, at some point they're acting for clubs and <laughs> they're acting for club and player in the same deal. How the hell does that work as any sort of give up, you know, a system? Yeah, you cannot do it. Yeah, so I mean, again, we have no answers, but I think we know what, what needs to happen. How how to implement it? Well, you know that that's for the philosophers to decide. But the 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 last thing I want to point out on all this is that um, if fans can band together in the way that they have now to 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 stop something like this. Which, let's face it, this will be a blip more than anything, I think, in the, in the, in the long term. But if fans can band together like this, of, of many different stripes and, and, and clubs and, and what what have you, why can't we band together to, like, end ra- you know, finally end racism in the sport or, you know, end, you know, get, get the, that corrupt... And, and now, you know, very murderous and lethal World Cup in Qatar canceled. Oh, at least moved back, to, moved to a more suitable country, at, at least. The, the recent thing, I, I don't know about being able to end it in the sport, because that is, to a certain degree, changing. You've got, you've got to change the dark side of human nature, and I'm not sure that you can do that with a, simply with football. Although I really friggin' hope we can. Um, but you can at least have it dealt with effectively and not, you know, as we've seen, um, particularly with English clubs, with players of colour, going to Europe, going to Eastern European countries and having, you know, monkey noises, etc. That can be, that can and should be dealt with that it isn't being and that it that fans aren't forcing it to be dealt with yeah it that needs a lot more fan power behind it yeah but i mean i'm just saying that it, if fans are able to do this think of what else they could do yeah it's again <laughs> if they were to put the effort towards it, it. isn't it again it's, it's a kind of anti-capitalistic because you know it's what if the masses suddenly realize what power they've got Right. Oh yeah. This that could be the biggest mistake of a lot here with the with the clubs and the owners made. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of lot. There's a lot of us, and you might have your money, the money and the bodyguards, and etc. But oh my God, you, yeah. In sheer weight of numbers. <laughs> I don't. I you know you you can't resist it in the end. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean exactly. I mean, I mean the 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 Cronky said that they have no intention of selling the club, but I think if 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 we keep going at it, I mean, yeah, well, the, the, well, the Glazers I heard are already reconsidering whether they yeah, want to well, still be owners of Manchester United. I've heard. Well, you you go back to um, 
again, I'd mentioned Hicks and Gillette earlier. The fan protest there did help get them out of the club because the the guys who were dealing with the dealing with the club, but the financial affairs club, were very very aware of the of what the fans were saying and what the fans were doing and um, coming up with hell the, the spirit of Shankly Union, which is still going. Um, that, that sort of fan group. It's so yeah it. If if you know maybe if we stop just being tribal about it, because <laughs> we've got more in common than you know than than we have with with the guys with the money. We're never going to know what their lifestyles are like or anything. Yeah. But we can tell them what the hell ours are like and what you know and what it's like to have your weekend brightened up by a win or, or a loss or or destroyed by a loss. You know. Yeah. It's, it's all things. Well, you know, long story short, yeah, the, the Super League was a horrific idea, and I'm glad it died. Yeah. In, 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 in the way that it did. Uh, UEFA and FIFA are both corrupt, and they need to be dealt with, too, in some way, shape, <laughs> or form. Um, the, the only thing I'd go back now is the those clubs, they realize that major reform in, in a sudden burst is impossible. I'm, I'm just looking and going... Okay, so what's next? You know, where because they, they, they ain't just going to sit down on their asses and do nothing. It if it's you got to watch it because there's going to be some more subtle stuff coming up. I think. Well, then you know what everybody needs to be aware of that and you know keep keep their eyes on it. Absolutely, hundred percent. So, and you know just you know just you know stay oh, aware, that- stay aware. <laughs> just keep you know yeah, just stay aware. You know, know yeah. what the hell your your club, your ownership, your sport is doing, and you know, I I, I just don't want to see the I, I just don't want to repeat of this two years down the road, and again, I, I'm hoping that this is an object lesson for the fandom of what other positive changes can be affected in, in the sport if if enough people speak up. Absolutely. I, I, I'm hoping so. And also, uh, Cronky out. Hashtag Cronky <laughs> out. <laughs> Again, yes. And, and I, I mean, I'm still pissed. I mean, I, I am. St- yeah, yeah, I'm still pissed. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the club is still on punishment with me. You know? Oh hell yeah! This is this is what we were talking about, wasn't it? On Monday, Tuesday. It's is it still your club? Can I mean, I was, I, I was really, I mean, I, I'm less uppity about it now, but I was really distressed and, and reconsidering my support of Arsenal through all yeah. this. Yeah. Um, and see, if Klopp and Milner hadn't come out that night and then the players, all the players hadn't issued a blanket statement against it, you'd have to reconsider it. But no. Um, Again, it's a reminder. What what do you care for about the club? I mean, I, the, the, has the wind been completely taken out of my sails for the rest of the season? Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, totally it's like, I, yeah, I, I mean, so. yeah, I mean, uh, Arsenal about to kick off against Everton in 10 minutes. I don't care if they win, lose, or draw this game at this point. I, I really don't after this week. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at, at this point, you know, Arsenal need the. You know what? They, they, they need to be... At their level at this point. Yeah, it's 
I don't want to. I don't want to go against the players and the manager or in any way, shape, or form because well, I don't. Well, I don't either. Well, I don't either. Especially, I mean, not regarding this matter, but you know. Yeah, it's. But the owner. Yeah. But the owners need the lesson, I think. Yeah, it's and and how do you do that yeah. <laughs> without punishing the players, management, and the fans? Answered on a postcard. <laughs> So, anyway, it, the Super League, uh, you know, it, it lived and died for 48 hours, officially. But I get the feeling we're going to be talking about this for a good while, regardless. Yeah, particularly when Florentino Perez has said it's not dead, only sleeping, essentially. Mm, well, well, we'll see about that. So. But then that's what the pet shop owner said about the parrot in Python, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, pretty much. No, I cannot say that again. You can tell I'm a bit sober. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this has been a special, a special edition of the Busting Balls podcast. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Busting Balls Pod. Email us bustingballspod at gmail dot com. Uh, you've been listening to us through our native SoundCloud feed, soundcloud.com slash busting dash balls, or through the PWOM podcast network. Soundcaller.com slash pro wrestling only. And you can find us on Spotify. Uh, search Busting Balls Podcast. John, any last words? Fuck capitalism. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fan takeover of the entire sport. <laughs> Do, it. That. Do it. Do it. Power to the people. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll have a regular episode next time. Uh, yeah, a more standardly structured and, you know, more, more ha ha funny based uh episode but uh until then it's uh it's fuck the super league for me and it's fuck the super league from him we'll see you in well maybe a couple weeks good night